Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Sound the Show Far from Warren Radio. I'm the Watchman Dana Smith. Tower is not here today. This show, along with many of our others, are in-depth. They're fast-moving. These shows are not call-in shows. We don't take shows uh, calls. You want to get a hold of us, all correspondence and inquiries regarding whatever, our broadcasts and stuff like that, you can go to our contact page. You'll find it at warn-usa.com. Social media, yeah, well, I'm not very impressed with them, especially when you look at the major ones, Facebook and Twitter, both practice banning. Instagram is owned by Facebook. So far, we haven't had any trouble with them, but uh, they are owned by Facebook. Facebook eventually wants to uh, unite them. LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft. It's a little bit better platform, more business-like. It, it it's uh, I haven't seen the uh, the dark side of LinkedIn like I have seen in Facebook and Twitter. So at any rate, to make a long story short, what, uh, hashtag Watchman IS. You'll find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag Warren Radio. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, USA Life, and MeWe. And as far as the shows go, uh, we are broadcasting this uh, initially on Blog Talk, which may come to an end because uh, we are looking at a number of things because of the issues that we've had with Blog Talk. We were on Blog Talk for over 10 years, and uh, there were issues back then. And uh, because of the way that we do this, it's... You know, this week alone, uh, we had another one of our shows uh, interrupted and cut short because of issues. All of our all of our equipment here in the studio is brand new, uh, or not brand new, but it's up to date. And uh, you know, it is new. I guess you could say not new, new like I bought it today or this week. But uh, it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's has all the bells and whistles and everything. And, uh, well, to make a long story short, uh, we are looking at other avenues to broadcast this. Meanwhile, you'll find this podcast on many podcast sharing sites and others. Uh, Of course, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, we do a lot. Also, a new one we added was Anchor and Podchaser, uh, Google Podcasts, CastBox, uh, Podcast Addict, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Stitcher is an older platform, but it it, it still gets a good amount of people. Spreaker is one that is pretty popular. iHeartRadio is popular. So at any rate, you can catch this on those. We're looking at a couple of others where we can do what we're doing now um, that might work a little bit better for us. So uh, we'll let everybody know. As far as blog talk, we'll probably, if we do leave, uh, they will allow us to keep uh, a few things on this thing, but uh, pretty much they're not going to allow us to keep a lot. But 
all of our shows are embedded on our websites. Every, you know, we keep a certain archive going back. Um, I used to keep a lot more, but uh, I don't keep them anymore. I have them. I have every, just about every broadcast we've ever done. But uh, the bottom line of it is, is that, uh, you know, this is a changing business. You got to be with that. There's a lot of uh, ones out there that are doing good that uh, are work for what we're doing. And uh, so uh, we're just going to keep looking. Uh, blog talk uh, mainly is is a, an avenue that is really not what what we do. Uh, you know, we're, we're not a chat. We're not uh, a lot of the things. It's more of a uh, entertainment venue in many cases. But uh, <clears throat> it is a popular. We were uh, in the beginning when it was going through beta stage many many years ago. Uh, we got on it. So at any rate, that's the way it is, and we'll keep you updated. Uh, the best way to keep updated is through our newsletter. Um, sign up to that. Uh, we actually have uh, a lot of people that follow our website because it is a WordPress. We have a lot of people on mobile that are following us, a lot of others that uh, follow us, uh, you know, through um various means. So uh, just depends on which avenue you want to use. You can follow us through any one of the number of, uh, of uh, podcasts, ones that carry this show. But we do a lot more. We have a lot of articles and stuff like that. Uh, articles, Righteousness in an Age of Lawlessness. And, uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you need to get that one. Another one, Actually, this is one that has a history to it. This goes way back. This is Orion Shadow, Materializing of Evil. Um, and uh, you're going to find uh, prophecy, stars, signs, aliens, and purebred evil. And then the other side, you'll find purity, redemption, and truth, uh, materializing of evil. Uh, this involves an actual... Uh, an actual experience and things that that went on. Also, we do have featured uh, this month as uh, one of our posts. Uh, this was Dr. Michael Lake when uh, I interviewed him on the Sharif Imperative back in 2017. Uh, so those are ones you can find over on the website. Tonight, today, we're looking at uh, uh, powerful inheritance, a steadfast faith, pursuit of Christ, part two, and so. Uh, you can uh, catch those there. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, there's just a lot of things that goes on in the old world, and uh, uh, we continue to see things happening. And uh, the biggest thing that we cover uh, on Wednesday nights is our advocacy for the persecuted church. This is one that we recommend you listen to and pass it on to your friends. And... Uh, Powerful Inheritance. This is a Steadfast Faith, Pursuit of Christ, Part 2. Um, and we're in Colossians. This one does begin, uh, this study begins in Colossians. And uh, Colossians 1, we did the first few verses. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, 
which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, you see, there's been heresy in the Christian church for a lot of years. And uh, I remember years ago, uh, I talked with a pastor in front of a restaurant that he opened because he believed God had uh, revealed to him he had a church up near the mountain. And uh, I talked to him for a couple of hours about the fact that uh, the father uh, is the son. In other words, that there's no such thing as an independent son. The son is the father and the father is the son. Um, there is no father, son, and Holy Spirit. There's just the father who is the son. And uh, it, it you could basically say, well, in, in the traditional teaching of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, you do not find the word uh, triune or trinity in there. That's put in there uh, through the church. That's the best way they could describe it. But when you read this, giving thanks unto the Father, that's our Father and our God. And then the next verse, verse 13 um, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. See, we have two separate uh, personages here. One is the father, our father, our God and our father, and uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the dear son. You have two independent. And every time, I would say almost all the time when Paul is talking about it, most of the apostles, they will always mention the father and the son. Well, this particular pastor decided over the course of time, he apologized to his uh, congregation and said there is no such thing as that. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter that it says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always been there. Uh, yet uh, you, you can't, uh, you couldn't tell him anything. Uh, and he was convinced, and that's what he ended up teaching, that uh, you know, the father came down and uh, he is the son. It is imperative to understand that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It doesn't say he gave himself. It didn't say that uh, he came and did it. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's John three sixteen. And so it, anytime you read uh, the scriptures, it, they're clear that that's exactly what it is. But, you know, there is a lot of variances when we get into theology. It's just really a bunch of uh, smoke and mirrors. Um, when you get right down to it, folks, when you get overseas and, and one day it may come to America and to the West in a greater form, and that's persecution, yeah. You know, those who are killing Christians don't care at all whether you think that there's a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, or if you just believe that there's just the Son who happens to be the same thing as the Father. They don't care. They will kill you just as quick 
The only problem of it is, unless you believe on the only begotten Son of God and believe exactly what he did, and in verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Now, whose blood is he talking about here? Paul is talking about the blood of the Son of God, who is the the Passover lamb. He is the Lamb of God, as John said, who took away the sins of the world. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down upon him in the form of a dove. And Yahshua, Jesus, was baptized by John the Baptist in the water. So there's two. And the Father spoke from heaven, saying, this is my beloved Son. Now, the only other way is is that the Father was the Son, and he uh, did a little bit of tran, uh, voice throwing, and uh, through his voice as it uh, came from heaven, while well, he was really just the Son of God. It's just nonsense what, what people believe and what you can't change them from. I mean, people are going to believe what they believe. And some of this nonsense in our society has been going on for a long, 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 long time. Paul himself said that when he is gone, grievous wolves would enter in, not sparing the flock. And that has already happened, folks. And the, the poison that has entered in is still in the church somewhere. It never went anywhere. And to make matters worse in this day and age, we have Satan in the pulpit today as well. And we have Satan in the congregation, and we have Satan in in the board. And uh, the bottom line of it is, is that when Christ's kingdom comes, it's going to be a pure kingdom. And that's all there is to it. But the good news here is that there is a father who gave his only begotten son. And that is who we look to. Christ said, you can ask the father in my name and he'll do it for you. It's all about the son who came believing that God sent his son giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be the partakers of the inheritance of the saints in uh, in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, that is not um, something to be. We've already been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. We have already been delivered from the power of darkness, and we have already become the partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. God, and it goes all the way back to Abraham. Abraham believed God, and God imputed it unto him for righteousness' sake. And so it is when we believe the Father, and we we believe that he sent his Son, and we believe on his Son and the works that he did, then it is imputed unto us for righteousness sake, just the way God imputed it unto Abraham. And part of that imputation is the regeneration through the Spirit of God. In John 1, it says, He went to his own, and his own received him not. 
But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. In John 3, it says you must be born again by the Spirit. Born again by the Spirit of God. It's a spiritual rebirth. 1 John 1 tells us that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It's more than head knowledge. Just saying, oh, yeah, I know there's a God. Duh. Even the devils know that there's a God, and they're not saved. It takes more than just a fleeting thinking in your brain that there is a God. That isn't going to save you. You need to repent. You need to receive him. You need to walk in the light. You have to have fellowship. You have to be as he is. Now, he delivers us from that power of darkness so you can do that. And you're translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, when you are first come to the Lord and we're in this body, I call it the body of death, this body of clay, which we put off. We were not fully... uh, in our original condition, our glorified state, because we're still on the earth. We're still in this body, which is the body of of death. I mean, this body has got to be put off. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. On those who have received the Son of God, the second death has no power. The second death is after the first death. The first death is when you die and you put off this fleshly body. My dad, who was led to the Lord, he went to an Amy Simple McPherson. Is my grandmother. His mother uh, was a godly woman who took her three kids. And he was only, the only one out of three kids. And throughout their entire life, the other two, as I, I never knew him to say anything uh, about the Lord. I've never knew him uh, to go to the church. And that doesn't mean that they didn't. I just never seen it. I was over there with him. I visited with him. Nevertheless, dad was the one. Now he passed on not too long ago. That's the first death, see. But the the second death comes when you pass this life. You die in your sins because you've never repented. See, there's no reason for anybody to die and go to hell because Christ has made a way for all people to be saved. Yet people won't be saved because, as it says in the same context of John 3.16, you follow it down a couple verses, he says right there that they won't come to the light because they love darkness more. They love that darkness. There's a power of darkness in the world. Now, you see, Christ has delivered you from the power of that darkness, and you can live above that power of darkness, and you can resist the spirits. You can rebuke them and bind them, and you can live free, and you can be free from all kinds of lusts and sins and everything. And you can truly know redemption through his blood. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. See, that's where God has put us today that as his children in the world, we are delivered from the power of darkness. It doesn't have hold over us and our bodies. We can live for Christ and walk in the light. Yet, even as we walk in the light and we are found in the Father through the Son, we are persecuted here, just as our Lord was persecuted. People die for their faith in this old world. 
but we have that redemption. We have overcome. He has translated us, past tense. He has delivered us, past tense. So in verse 14, we have that redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now see, this is who the Son is. Now you see, verse 13 has a semicolon. Verse 12 has a semicolon. Paul is well known for this. Matter of fact, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 have semicolons at the end. And they're all put into sentences. Of course, the translators did that. This was all in a letter. Um, But at any rate, in verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So in verse 13, has translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. So verse 14 says, in whom we have. Who is in whom we have? In Christ we have. In his dear son, we have redemption. Who is the invisible? who is the image of the invisible God? Who is the image of the invisible God? Verse 15, it follows verse 14, in whom we have redemption. That is, in his dear son we have redemption. Who is his son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, his son, Verse 1 in John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That Word becomes the Word incarnate, who is Yahshua, Jesus Christ. When he comes again in the book of Revelation, he has the Word on him written. He slays everybody with the word of his mouth, the sword that comes out of his mouth. The word of God is known as the sword of God. That is the two-edged sword. These are all things to let you understand that it is in the Son that we have redemption. That that Son is the image of the invisible God. Now, see, he's the image That's why Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The firstborn of every creature. And although Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen him, I and my Father are one. They are one through the spirit of the living God, which is in him. He has the spirit of his Father in him. And it says, for by him, who's him? His dear son, Jesus Christ, Yahshua. So his dear son, Yahshua, delivered us from that power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of Christ, and we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Now his dear son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, but in him he created all things. For by him were all things created, 
that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or power, and all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now the Son is the one that did the creating. For by him were all things created. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. See, there we have it again. It pleased the Father in him, who? His dear Son, all fullness should dwell. Why would he need to even say these things if there was no son? But the father and the son are one entity and there is no other. No, you have a distinct God and our father. Because time and time and time again in scripture, he was always talking about his father. The works you see, it's the Father in me that does these things. The Jews were going to stone him. And he said, why do you stone me? He says, uh, and he talked about the good works that he was doing. And they said, for good works we stone thee not, but because you have made yourself God by saying that you're his son. See, even the Jews recognized that Christ declared himself to be the son of God. Now, see, this is where you need to understand things, too. And I don't care what denomination you're at, and I don't care what religion you're in. One of the most uh, prominent ones is Islam, who recognizes Jesus Christ the prophet, but does not recognize any son of the Father. There is only one way that you can get to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There's only one way. John 10 through 18, he gives you more talking about all of that, the importance of who he is. And see, this is where a lot of this stupid teaching, and and people are gullible. They, they swallow this stuff up. You know, when I was in Bible school, the one thing our teachers told us is that heresy in the church comes directly from the highest highest places in the seminaries and the Christian uh, institutions we have. And it's always been that way. It flows down from the top. That's where the heresy comes from. And so in verse 17, he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And he was. He's he's the firstborn. (laughs) He was dead, buried for three days, was raised from the dead by the power of God. In Revelation chapter 1, he talks about that. 
I am he that was dead and I am alive and I have the keys of death and hell. And he calls himself the Almighty. Now, that's in Revelation. And the apocalypse, the unveiling, the revealing of the Son of God. See, and that's another thing we have messed up. That revelation is just about tribulation and trials and problems, and it's just a bad book because it just tells us how bad things are going to be. Revelation is about the unveiling to all humanity and to all the earth on a permanent basis forever after and his kingdom forever after. It is about that process to bring back mankind, to bring in the Son and have this kingdom. And of course, actually, Paul finishes this off in uh, Corinthians. Because there's going to come a time when the Son will hand this kingdom, once he's conquered all enemies, back to the Father. So that everything will be all in all. Everything will be subject to the Father. 19, for it pleased the Father that in him, who? The Son, should all fullness dwell. See, this would be ridiculous if the Father... And the son were the same, and the father sent himself. The father didn't send himself for crying out loud. That's stupid. He sent his son. And his son came in his father's name. Now, you know, in the old days, you know, my grandfather... had a name, and he was the senior. My dad had the same name, but he was the junior. And so everybody called him junior. They didn't even call him his first name. See, that's how we do it in the old days. They did it. I don't think I know any juniors anymore. And so whenever they saw dad, well, he's, and he would say my grandfather's name, that's Junior, always connecting him to his dad. Now, for dad, he wanted to be known as himself. This is me, and that is my father, but yet I'm me. I'm not Junior. This is my name. See, Christ is very, very, very clear. Scripture is clear if you'll listen and read it. The Father didn't die on the cross. John 3.16 would make no friggin' sense if the Father went to the cross. No, the Son of God went to the cross. The Father was in the Son through his Spirit. The Son came. He had unlimited. In him all fullness dwelt because it was given to him by the Father. He had that anointing. And it was through his perfect sacrificed and through his blood that provided atonement for all men for all time no messing around no fine print all you have to do is be found in him walk in him follow him 
We make it so hard today. Well, you got to be part of this church or that church. No, we are in Christ. Christ in us, the, the hope of glory. We are the temple of the living God. Yes, as Christians, we meet in a church, and many times that church has a secular name, and it has a, a, a title that we've made up, and we've gone through the laws and made it nonprofit, a, 401c, a 501c3. Yeah, we've done all that. But that doesn't make that church anointed. Matter of fact, there are houses that have the name of Christian on it or in it, and they are decrepit and the glory has fallen away. And you've got pastors now teaching their congregations things that will send them to hell. That's why God is going to stir this world. That's why he's going to send persecution And then, of course, you get into the aspect of all the personal prophecies we like to do, churches today. Personal prophecies all the time is not even scriptural, folks. Yeah, you can find in Acts, you can find cases of where a personal prophecy went out. But that doesn't mean we live and die by personal prophecies. Because there's one thing that you need to know as a believer. It's up to you to study, to get into the Word of God, to read it, to know it. I mean, if you were in a foreign country and you didn't have a map and someone told you to go to thus, thus, and town, you'd need directions. You got directions, folks. You got the Bible. You got the Word of God. But even if they burned every Bible in the world, you would still have the Son of God in you. They can't take anything away from you. There are Christians around the world being persecuted. They're in churches. They have no Bibles. They have nobody around them. They haven't been in church in a long time. Does that make them any less a Christian? No. It means that in those places, God reveals himself. Because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are the temple of God. Doesn't mean that churches and buildings where we meet and denominations don't have a, a place, but we always overdo it. We always make those things which we do and we glorify the flesh above the spirit. So it pleased, verse 19, the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You walk in the light as he is in the light. 1 John 1. And you have that fellowship one with another. 
And then that blood cleanses you. You have fellowship. You are in that light. You do as he do, did. You, you walk as he walked. And we were alienated and enemies in our mind. We have the lusts of the flesh, flesh and the desires of the mind. Your mind is part of the fallen nature. Now, the mind is a great thing, and we have a lot of people that are really smart. But sometimes people are so smart, they don't even believe there's a God anymore. Many times we've, we've had this for as long as man has been on earth, thinking that he was God. And even today, especially with our technology, it's hard to get through the technology and the layers of stuff we have in our society. And it helps us every, every which way that, that you, you can be helped. And it spoils us. And so you get comfortable. And pretty soon you, you just end up having other desires. You fall away. But see, before you came to know him, you were alienated through your wicked works. But you can be found in him. That is the thing. Now, Colossians one twenty three through 29, now, Paul continues this. Now, you see, here we go again. He finishes the one verse in verse 20. It says, Having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in heaven or things in earth, period. Now, this is important. 21 through 23. And it goes through. Now, he's, he's so good at this. It just amazes me. You know, one of the rules when you write in an article, not to keep going. But Paul was great at this. Sometimes the way he wrote was almost poetic. So you go from verse 23 all the way down to verse 29. They're long verses. Every one of them, they're all connected in thought. Semicolons, colons. So verse 21 and verse 22 and then 23 through 29. You've got actually 21 through 29. Now, verse 20 is the last one that is a period. So he's made peace through the blood of his cross, and it goes to the end, and that's a period. So he's made peace. He's been explaining to you about getting into the kingdom and following him. And then he says, and you, who were sometimes alienated, He's reconciled you. I, I went through that quickly. <clears throat> I've already covered it. And it says, in the body of his flesh, through the death, to present you. Now, that's the cross. That's redemption, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable on his side. Semicolon. 
colon rather. Verse 23. Now you see you have that thought. You were reconciled. You were enemies. But he reconciled you through his own flesh. He died on the cross. He presents you now holy and unblameable, unreprovable, if you'll believe on him and receive him. The Father accepts that. That meets the righteousness of the law. So verse 23 says this. The first word is if. Well, all that is true if. Okay. What is if? You, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked, wicked works, yet now he has uh, now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Your redemption, if, there's an if in there. Now, see, the Baptists love at least some of them, and I'm sure a lot of the others do too, including the Pentecostals. The once saved, always saved. But see, Paul put an if in here. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled. Now see, that's the first thought he has. Continuing in that faith grounded and settled. Now why would you want to be grounded and settled in the faith? Isn't it enough just to say, that oh yeah I know there's a God and there's a and and a Father and, and there's a Son and I believe that He's the Son and that's it and you never read your Bible you never you never pray you never look to Him you never do anything you just oh yeah I believe I I accepted the Lord way back when and you've never done anything else with it well see this is where you run into a sticky wicket in the church because as long as you're going to church. You know, and, and that also includes, uh, you know, Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday. That's the way it used to be. Now it's all kinds of days. As long as you go to all the special events and everything, you're fine. No, you're not fine. That just means you're attending church. You're doing a lot of things. You have to be grounded and settled. Now, this is the rest of that. And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you are, have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made, am made a minister. So there is that hope. We need that hope. And see, the devil wants to get you away from that hope. And in order to stay in that hope, you have to have faith and you must be grounded and settled in what the truth is. The truth is, as long as you look to the Lord and you have that hope and you love him and you walk in that light or try your best. And then if you sin, and this is also found in 1 John 1, you can confess your sin, whatever it may be, and he is faithful and just to forgive you. There is that place when you are walking in him, grounded and settled, walking in his light as he is in the light, 
You have fellowship one with another. And in that same verse in John 1, it says, and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's related to walking in the light and having that fellowship with him. Now, see, there, there's another semicolon here now. Because although there's a semicolon, though, it's referring to Paul, who am made a minister. So now he goes in talking about that. So this is how he ties all this in, if you look at these little phrases. So he says, where have I, Paul, am made a minister? That's after these other thoughts. Very, very important thoughts as far as the theology of the Christian church. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for the body's sake, which is the church. He's not talking about bricks and stones here. He's talking about people that he has worked hard to redeem, worked hard to teach, worked hard to make sure they would stay focused and in the Lord. And see, whenever you do that, it costs. Paul suffered a lot. There was a lot of persecutions. who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, all those sufferings that he did and all the things he put up with. He says, I rejoice in them now. Because he did it to help them. And they are coming along. They're understanding these things. To fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my body of in my flesh for his body's sake which is the church he's been given everything as an apostle as all the apostles did they gave their lives for the church the body of believers now make no mistake the church and the leaders that eventually came made the organization of the church more important than the people themselves and that's the Roman church today in all of its form. It's not about the church. It's not about the Pope. It's not about all these other leaders. It's about Christ and being found in him. Did Mary die for your sins? No, she's no co-redeemer. She's a woman who's blessed because she gave birth to the Son of God. But the one who gave, ble- uh, who gave birth to the Blessed One, the Son of God, is not more blessed than, the, than uh, he, Yahshua, Jesus, who is the Son of God and came and died for our sins. And that's exactly what, what people try to do at times. Now, verse 25, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me to you to fulfill the word of God. And that's his call as the apostle. In, in Well, when we talk about dispensation, that section of time that God determines. It was that section of time that God determined when to send his son. And he came at the time at the zenith, the peak of the Roman Empire. They had roads. They had pretty much a common language. 
there was business and commerce going on. You could travel throughout the entire region pretty much uh, safe, uh, safely. Uh, they had Senate. They had laws. wasn't until the latter part of the Roman Empire that it became so dangerous because uh, they were such a mess. They got some very bad rulers in there. So verse 26, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. Now see, this is very, very interesting. He says, I made a minister according to that dispensation of God, which is given to me to fulfill the word of God. Even, now this is the thing he's saying. I'm a minister, but something has been given to me for you. And this is going to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery, it's a mystery. And it had been hid for ages and generations, but now it's made manifest or plain to the saints. So there's something that even the angels didn't know, the generations didn't know, the early prophets didn't know. They prophesied, they knew it was coming, but they didn't quite know everything. And he goes on to say, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That those dirty, sinning Gentiles, and I kind of laugh here when I say that because I was one of them. I don't consider myself a sinning Gentile like I was. We're all sinners saved by grace. But yet, make no mistake, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're not walking around as a sinner. Yeah, you have sinned and Christ has forgiven you, has made a way for you. But we always hear it. You know, the church is for the, you know, the church is for the sinners. The church is not for the sinners. The church is to redeem the sinners. The church is is for Christ to dwell in the middle of his people, in him, not in the building, in them. Christ isn't dwelling in the building. He's dwelling in the people who are in Christ, who are in that building. The secret is that, and, and, and the Jews, you know, God picked one nation, Israel. But yet the fulfillment of that is that God was going to redeem the Gentiles, make a way for them. And it was going to be Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he goes on to say, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. These are dynamic words. See, his goal was to perfect, present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That means you were walking in his light. That means you're in faith, you're grounded and settled, you have hope, you know what the gospel is, that's what you share, you tell people what Christ has done for you, and you have that place. You walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Thus, you're made perfect when God looks at you. 
And so the bottom line of it is, is that this is, this is where you're at today. The devil wants to remind you of your sins. The devil wants to remind you what you did as a teen. The devil wants to remind you what you did or what you said yesterday or whatever it is. And if you're in Christ and you're being bugged with this, you need to rebuke these spirits in Jesus' name. I rebuke the thoughts in Jesus' name. I rebuke the flesh that thought them in Jesus' name. And I rebuke the spirit in Jesus' name that's behind those thoughts. And I bind that spirit and I cast that spirit into outer darkness. You can take the thoughts that come into your mind and you can cast them down. And you need to get the word of God out and you need to play psalms throughout the house on low. You need to also get some good old-fashioned blood songs. These are the ones of the church that they used to sing about the blood being washed white as snow. The cross and all the other old songs. Tennessee Ernie Ford used to sing them all. There's a lot of old saints that uh, that used to sing them. Now, of course, a lot of people, well, at any rate, when they talk about Tennessee Ernie Ford, he had a beautiful voice. He did have issues. But the thing of it is, you know, when we when we look at this, and we're talking about steadfast faith pursuit of Christ, this teaching, and we've been doing a number of these particular broadcasts to get you grounded and settled, to get your focus on the Lord. That is the purpose. And when we come back next week, we're going to be in Colossians 2. So just remember, if you're listening to our shows on Blog Talk, we could be off of Blog Talk again. Because we're having a lot of problems. Yesterday, the show for the Thursday show, I was through it halfway and it cut us off. And the problem of it is, is that the stream says we're still going. I'm on the switchboard, but our connection is totally gone. That's not the Internet. We're doing uh, uh, the direct connect. And it was just a mess. So if you're on Blog Talk and you don't want us off Blog Talk, you need to let us know. But you can listen to everything all the time on Spreaker and the Spreaker app. We have people uh, that listen on that Spreaker app. It's it's really a good app. There's also iHeartRadio. We have a lot of people on iTunes because all of our shows go to all these things. I don't know. It's a hard decision to make. It really is. I'd like to get this thing settled and, and fixed, but there's, you know, it just, I, I don't know what to do uh, about it. And, uh, you know, if I had all the money in the world, I could create a studio. I don't have all the money in the world. And uh, we try to make 
make do with everything we got because we don't want this this any of our ministry dependent on people giving us money and stuff like that. We do have people that help us, and we thank God for them. But uh, the bottom line of it is, is that we don't want to say to everybody, well, you've got to give, you know, people don't anyway, folks, they, they don't. But we thank God for the opportunity to do this. So go to warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. I have a lot of articles. Uh, Dana Glenn Smith has actually been made into the WIBR Warren Radio Um and uh, that's actually my writing site and also our research site of the Watchman uh, Institute for Biblical Research. Actually, the WIBR Warren Radio, which I've been using for years and years, an acronym for the Watchman Institute for Biblical Research and Warren Radio, which is the Watchman Alert Radio Network. So that's why it's the WIBR Warren Radio. A bunch of acronyms meaning a lot of stuff. So at any rate, we'll see you next week. We're not sure exactly. We've got a little bit of time on this. Let us know if you're interested on these things and these issues. So we'll see you next time for Tower. Shalom, everybody. Have a good night. Lord, bless your people with this word. Help them to understand it. Draw them closer to you. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.